0: Hi. I'm not sure what you look for in a TV drama or a movie, but I like things to be pretty straightforward. I like to know where I'm going. I, I find it really stresses me out when the hero that I've invested in turns out to be a wrong one or the story is looking nice and neat and tidy and everybody's happy. And then the writers stick in a massive cliffhanger at the end of the episode or the series. I'm happy to sacrifice a lot of quality and things like plot in order to just have a hero, a character, or a story that I can rely on. It can massively add to my enjoyment to a story like that if I know that it's all going to be okay in the end. And fortunately, in the Bible, with the story of Jesus, we already have an assurance of how the story will end. We know it's going to be okay. But the danger that I then run is that I don't engage or even notice the messiness or the realness of the story so far. And that can hamper our efforts to grapple with the mess of the bit of the story that we're in right now. This week it is Christmas, not really, but in the story in the Bible, this week is Christmas. The passage is where Matthew deals with the birth of Jesus. We heard James absolutely nail the unenviable list of names in last week's passage, Uh, This week's passage is considerably easier to read, so let me do that for you now. Follow along as the words come up on the screen. We're in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she found that she was pregnant through the Holy Spirit. All this took place to fulfil what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. As I read this, it isn't the almost clinical recollection of the birth narrative that I have in my head from countless Christmas retellings. Those seem to have like an orderly feeling to them as though everything was meant to happen that way. You know, this and then that and then this. And of course, that's true. It's all part of the plan. We know from the genealogy that James preached from last week that it's all in the plan. But the feeling I get from this passage is one of soap opera-like mess and confusion. It's written in a very matter-of-fact way, but what we're talking about is a massive scandal. We don't know how Joseph finds out that Mary's pregnant, but we see his response in the passage. Joseph is faithful to the law, it says. He wants to do the right thing. And in this case, that means, you know, Mary has clearly appeared to be unfaithful and the right thing is to... End it, to call things off. But we read that despite this, he chose not to go down the route of outing the adulteress, which was common and acceptable at the time, but instead he's gentle, he's compassionate, and he considers th- sorting things out discreetly. Joseph must have been really hurting. Mary and Joseph were engaged, but unlike for us today, that was a much bigger deal. In that culture, it was much more of a concrete step on the road to full marriage. So you were already called husband and wife, and to leave an engagement, you had to go through a proper divorce process. One thing that was definitely not supposed to happen, though, was babies. In many ways, Joseph is quite a minor character in the Bible, but we can learn a lot from the way he responds to this situation. Joseph's plan of action seems quite reasonable, even gentle, but he doesn't have the whole picture. An angel of the Lord fills him in. He fills in the blanks for him in a dream, but the explanation seems as far-fetched as yet another soap opera storyline. Some people have suggested that maybe back in those days, you know, people, they didn't know how babies were made, and so this was just an easy-to-swallow untruth. But, I mean, the very fact that Joseph was considering a quiet divorce kind of makes that a bit of a dumb argument. It's far-fetched. It is. And it's really hard to logically reason through that this is the way it happened. But that's part of what makes Joseph res- Joseph's response so amazing and what makes this story different. The whole Christian story is not one of low commitment, of low risk, simple, easy decisions. It is complicated and it requires faith. Joseph is humble and obedient enough to submit himself to God, to take the angel at their word and not only standing by Mary, but as we read later on in the final verse, in naming the boy Jesus. That's a job that he is supposed to get. He is supposed to be able to pick the name. Joseph embraces the mess of the story that he's in by submitting to God. Because God knows the ending trusting that God has a plan in hand, Joseph gives up his right to create his own heir, to father his firstborn son in order to allow God's plan to unfold. As we should probably expect, there's some really great symbolism in this story. Things are seeming pretty messy, but God steps in and brings order out of that chaos He brings purpose and meaning from the confusion of a sticky situation and unites two people who could very well have split apart otherwise. That's what Jesus does. Jesus whose name actually means God to the rescue is God coming to be with us in our mess and save us from it from our sins as the angel says. Now this can often seem like an obvious place for Christians to switch off Joseph had to accept Jesus as his son, which involved putting himself to one side and allowing God to take the lead. And the obvious next point is, well, you know, we must all accept Jesus too. Well, I've already accepted Jesus. I'm I'm a Christian. I can stop really engaging with this passage now, right? Well, no, because when I read that Jesus is... Jesus Joseph is faithful to the law. That doesn't just mean he's a law-abiding citizen. It means that he's a good Jew. He already believes in God, much like I'm already a Christian. The story isn't just teaching us that we should all accept Jesus. Of course, it is saying that, but not only that. Even though I'm a Christian and I've accepted Jesus already, I don't always invite Jesus into every area of my life. There's a decision moment in that story. Joseph moves from just ticking along, you know, from being an upright citizen, hoping to avoid mess and complication to being all in, all in for God's far-fetched plan. And a plan that embraces the messiest, most embarrassing and and painful situations and a plan that leads him through those. In retrospect, it might seem like a no-brainer for Joseph. But I know that when I'm most embarrassed, when I'm most hurt or I feel most let down, I'm reluctant to embrace that situation. I just want to avoid it, ignore it and and get back to my plan. I guess that I just want to be safer. I want to know where we're going. It's like the difference between being lukewarm, you know, uh, safe, comfortable, keeping my nose clean, sticking to my plan, ticking along and quite hot. Embracing Jesus, bringing real hope, being truly different, running after God's plan, even when that seems dangerous. Christmas is one of the times in my year when I remember that no matter what is happening on TV, in the dramas or anywhere else, there is one hero who can always be relied on, to be steadfast, to be good, to keep his promises But one of the key things about that hero, about Jesus, is that he does not require me or us to be straightforward or sorted. He meets us in our messiest of situations, and he is God with us there. Matthew quotes from the words of the prophet Isaiah that he wrote almost 700 years earlier. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. It might seem far-fetched, but it turns out that this has been in the plan for quite a while. I wonder what the messiest bit of your life is. I won't share mine. I'm not sure that would be appropriate, but I wonder what the messiest bit in our lives are. Joseph accepted Jesus as his son, which is more of a sacrifice than it might first appear. In his mess, he put faith in God, moving from lukewarm to white hot. Will you accept Jesus as God's son, as God with us, and as God to the rescue? If you're not yet a Christian, then that might simply mean saying yes to Jesus. But if you are a Christian, it still means saying yes. And it means still saying yes. Say yes to Jesus in your messiest place. Invite him in. Where are you ticking along? Where do you need to move from lukewarm to white hot? Will you let God meet you in your mess and lead you through it?